Well, the Canadian construction industry shed, get this, 45,000 jobs in July, according to Stats Canada's latest labour force survey. That's 45,000 uh, people, sorry, uh, jobs in July, 45,000. Now, the government agency notes that the, the jobs were shed uh, in British Columbia, Quebec and Ontario. That's where they're mostly concentrated. In BC alone, 21,000 jobs were lost. Uh, zooming out on a national level, it's worth noting that Canada's construction sector lost more jobs than any other industry uh, included in Stats Canada's uh, survey. So what's causing this? I mean, we're in the midst of a housing crisis and when you hear that the, the construction sector has lost 45,000 uh, jobs in July and 21,000 of those jobs are right here in British Columbia. Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about these jobs uh, um, going away is Chris Gardner, president of the Independent Contractors and Businesses Association. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Uh, It's great to be on the show, Jess. Thank you. Uh, What am I missing here? We need to build more housing, and yet this says, this new report says that we've lost 45,000 construction positions in July. Uh, What's happening here? Well, that's... um uh, one, that's not that's a national number, so it's important to put that in context. Mm-hmm. But the general trends are this. Um, 20% of the construction workforce uh, across Canada and in British Columbia um, are 55 years or older. And the average age of retirement in construction is lower than, than other sectors of the economy. It's 60 years old. So what we're facing here is... Uh, a workforce that's aging and people are going to be retiring. Um, so that that's a big challenge for us. And in British Columbia, there's about 250,000 men and women who work in construction, accounting for about 10% of our economy. Um, so people aging out is, uh, is, is a challenge. And so there's going to be a few ways that uh, a few things we can do to um, uh, deal with that problem. One of them is a very important one is telling young people about the exciting career opportunities that um, a career uh, in the trades and in construction offers. And we don't tell that story um, in in the way we should in high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if a young person goes to a counselor and says, hey, I'm interested in being a business person, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, that counselor is going to say, you got to go to university and study accounting or business. The counselor won't say, uh, hey, why don't you consider going uh, to a technical school or college, learn a trade, get some experience and start a business. Every single contracting company from the very largest in this country uh, to, the, to the smallest are all entrepreneurs. They're all started by people, by families who, who got experience, um, gained skills and took a risk. And uh, it's an extremely rewarding career. And the other side of construction that we don't talk about enough is technology. Construction is a technology story. There's more technology now being applied in the construction sector in terms of how we design and build buildings than ever before. About $5 billion a year is being invested in technology applications for the construction industry. So if you're interested in technology, there's great opportunities in construction. So we need to tell the story more because we are facing a challenge across our economy in terms of the shortage of people in the workforce. And in construction specifically, because of the lower ages at which construction workers tend to retire um, and 
the fact that 20% of the workforce is 55 years or older, uh, there are some significant labor force challenges uh, uh, that construction's facing. Uh, we have a significant increase in the amount of immigrants that are coming to this country, 500,000 expected uh, by 2025, uh, add in permanent residents um, and students. Uh, you know, we hit a million uh, and are expecting a million again for 2023. Uh, it, what you're saying to me is that even in the pipeline, we don't have enough people uh, uh, educating themselves on construction trades, the, that we're not we're not hitting the mark even when it comes to the pipeline right now in regards to future uh, construction workers? Yeah, so a couple of things. The, the, the federal government set out a target of about 500,000 people per year in terms of new immigrants. Mm-hmm. Only 2% of those people are, are going to go into a construction um, trade. Uh, or occupation. And that's a very, very low number. So across the country, we need about 80,000, there's about 80,000 job vacancies in construction. And so 2% of 500,000 um, is, uh, is well short of that goal. So, you know, so that, that's, that's, that's not, we've got to do, we've got to do things differently when we approach immigration. And uh, so governments are starting to look at um, priority uh, immigration for people with uh, background in construction trades, uh, accelerating that process. Um, but it's going to take a while. And there is, I would say, one of the big problems when we look at immigration. And to your point, Canada's population expanded by 1.2 million people last year. Um, and that is, a, that, is, that is a historic high. And that number is made up of not only new immigrants, but it's made up of refugees, it's made up of temporary farm workers, and then international students. And all those people have to live somewhere, either going to buy homes or rent homes. And so the challenge is that's putting an enormous amount of pressure on whether it's everything from schools, um, training spaces, or healthcare system, or roads, or infrastructure, um, and housing. And it's you know that that is that is a, a very very significant challenge that we're facing, mm-hmm. and so the way through this is that all three levels of government have to work more closely together, and they're not they're not playing the they're they're not doing that. There's more finger pointing, as the province, the feds, and local governments um, are are overwhelmed and then blaming each other for the challenges that we're facing. And that's not helping any of us. Um, so we've got to find the right balance the right numbers, uh, and we've got to be more effective at how we build the infrastructure, the social supports, the physical infrastructure, uh, the housing. Um, and Because uh, if we don't do that, uh, we're never going to be able to tackle uh, the challenges around affordability and the pressures in the healthcare system. Yeah, I mean, I look at the housing conversation here. Locally, we talk about, you know, potentially building six units uh, on a single-family lot uh, here in Vancouver. Um, we talk about a housing crisis that we need to build more homes. Uh, I had somebody from the Business Council of BC here, the chief economist, uh, last week. And in the last four quarters, we've had, I believe, 80,000 people move to British Columbia, 180,000. Yet we, in that time, only built 43,000 homes. Um, and what you're telling me in the challenges before you is that even if we have the will to do all of this in regards to build these homes, there's just not enough people right now available to actually build them. Yeah, so there's there's I th- there's a two-part answer to that to, to what you just set out, and, and it's it's a very good point. Uh, in 1972, uh, 
we built 230,000 new homes in Canada. 50 years later, in 2022, last year, uh, we built fewer homes. We built 220,000 homes. So if you think of the, the people that are now moving to Canada and to British Columbia, um, RBC and the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation came out with numbers earlier this year and said, we have to build for the next, over the next decade uh, just over 800,000 new homes a year for the next 10 years. Well, we've only been able to put on the market each year roughly for the last 50 years about 220, 30, 40,000 new homes, depending on the year. So we've now got to move that up to nearly four times the number. Um, that's not going to happen uh, with when you consider the length of time it takes city halls to approve projects and the complicated uh, uh, permitting processes and the costs and fees that they uh, layer on to, to housing. Uh, and it's not going to happen uh, given the challenges we're facing with uh, workers in the workforce. So lots of opportunity, uh, but we need governments to work together more closely and recognize the pressures on the system um, that are being created and are resulting from a shortage of workers. Uh, but at the same time, um, you can't bring in, there's no point in going out there and, and recruiting doctors and nurses and have them land in Canada and they sit, and they sit on their hands for three or four years because we won't recognize their credentials. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's a complicated issue, but look, at the end of the day, uh, if we say we need more housing, we need people to build this stuff. And it's quite con concerning when, when, when we have these challenges before us and you see numbers like 45,000, uh, you know, 45,000 positions gone in July alone. Um, it, it's a huge challenge, a generational one, uh, that's for sure. Chris, thank you so much for your time. They really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Jazz.